What's up? It's your girl, Nikesha Simmons-Maglin, coming to you straight from high fashion and events. Yes, God! Thank you for joining me for another episode of Coffee and Online Shopping. Yes! Where we're having a little bit of coffee and doing some online shopping. For many of you guys who are just joining me, I'd like to thank you so much and invite you to check out my website if you have not already done so at www.high-fashionandevents.com. Check out some of the fashion, the hair, and accessories that I have online. Awesome prices as well as awesome quality, so definitely check that out. Um, another thing is I'd like to thank all of you guys many for all of your supporting your love and your feedback on my first episode prosperity from within us um, it was just amazing the feedback that I got back and if you haven't already listened to it definitely go back and listen to that episode it is so amazing so definitely check it out I love that segment if you want to give me some feedback I'm definitely open to that so let's get into today because the, today the topic is going to be so amazing and today the topic is going to be the number 40. Yes, I know nobody has ever thought about it, but it's just going to simply be the number 40 and it's going to be the number 40 for many reasons. This week I am approaching as some people have already know or don't know, I'm approaching 40 years of age and so this is going to be an amazing time for me as I'm turning 40. Um, it's going to be scary but it's also going to be fun because I've never been 40 before so I get to experience for the first time in my life being 40. Yes! So I would love for you guys to just join me today as we explore the number 40 and what it means because it, it does have significance. Um, as I have done some self-reflection over the past couple of months as well as the past couple of years, I self-reflected on my 20s, my 30s, and it just gave me a little bit into what my 40s would look like. And so what I've come up with is when I was in my 20s, I was actually exploring the world, you know, getting it to getting out there to see what was out there, to see who was out there, to see the many different people, the many different careers. Um, I was in school. I was just trying to have experiences and get to go and do places and do things. And I thank God that he kept me safe and that I was able to do that safely, explore, meet new people, have new experiences. But then he brought me to my 30s and my 30s brought me something completely different. My 30s brought me my, my 30s brought me my marriage. Um, it also brought me my son. And so in my 30s, it brought me something completely different. My 30s, I was really searching for who I was. Um, I was a mother, I was a daughter, I was a wife. And so I had all these titles added on to me, but that really wasn't who God was trying to see me or show me who I was. I kept feeling as if there was more and I was right. God had a lot more in store and purpose for me. And I just didn't know. So my 30s became more of finding out who I was. And as I approached my 40s, I, I just was speaking to God and I'm like, God, what do you have for me or in store for me coming up in my 40s? And so 
I did a little bit of research and did some reflection on some of the books that I read. And 40 is a big number and it has much significance. Um, Rick Warren in his Purpose Driven Life refers to uh, 40 as being an amazing number and he points, points out several uh, Bible scriptures um, as well as several stories within the Bible in which the number 40 showed significance, 40 days, 40 years. And so I just kept wanting to dig and so I went online and I pulled up an article you can definitely go online with that article. Um, I searched what is the significance of 40 days in the Bible and this amazing article came up and it says the answer the number 40 shows up often in the Bible because 40 appears so often in context dealing with judgment or testing. Many scholars understand it to be the number of probation or trial. This doesn't mean that 40 is entirely symbolic. It is still a literal meaning in the scripture. 40 days means 40 days. But it does seem that God has chosen this number to help emphasize times of trouble and hardship. Here are some examples of the number 40 that stress the theme of testing or judgment. Now, before I read that next paragraph, when I heard emphasize times of trouble and hardship, I was just like, oh God, trouble and hardship. And one of the things that stood out in my mind is this past Sunday, there was Pastor Laurel Bunker, who is a minister at the River of Waters of Life, was invited to speak that particular Sunday on at the youth Sunday at our church. And some of the things that she was saying was really hitting hard. And a lot of times when you hear trouble, hardships, you kind of get wigged out. You kind of get freaked out. And you know, I know I do. Cause I'm like, God, I can't do nothing really hard. I don't want to, you know, I don't really want no trials. I don't really want no troubles. You know, I just, but one of the things she was preaching and it spoke mounds and mounds to me is that trials, troubles, hardships, they're all different. It's just getting an understanding. And she really put me at ease when she said they are there so that you can build skills. They are there so you can build skills. That's She didn't say that directly, but that's what she preached on. And so... It made me look so much differently at trials and tribulations and hardships. And if they're there to build skills, it just reinforced for me that I have everything that I need inside of me to meet those trials, those hardships, and those situations. That God placed all the skills that I was going to need to face them. It's just a matter of me going through them. Now, one thing she did say, and she was definitely correct about it, was it's going to be so uncomfortable, uh, very uncomfortable. And so as I approach 40, God has been testing me with that uncomfortableness. And I have to just get ready and prepare myself that as I approach 40, I'm going to have a lot of uncomfortable moment, moments because where I'm going, I'm elevating y'all. I'm elevating and God is just preparing me for that elevation. And so I need these tests and these hardships. And so, you know, I'm going to be sharing. I'm definitely going to be sharing. And I, I would love for you guys to give me some feedback too, because 
just I, I know just as I'm going through trials and tribulations and hardships, you guys are going through them too. And so maybe we can help each other. But I know that as I elevate, I'm going to need those skills that God has been giving me and those experiences that God has given me in my 20s and my 30s to get through my 40s. So let's get to some of those those things of uh, testing and judgment. So it says here in the Old Testament, when God destroyed the earth with water, he caused it to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. That's in Genesis 7 and 12. That's when Noah built the ark. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, it rained. But he listened to God through that trials and tribulation. And he built that ark. Even when people was laughing at him, he built it. You know, guys, it's going to be raining. Y'all going to need to get to safe grounds. And y'all going to need to uh, take care of yourselves. I'm building the ark. And they like, you built that ark. It ain't going to be raining. I don't know who you're listening to. But that was just a reminder for myself that as I go into my 40s, some people are going to be laughing at me. Yes, I'm, I already know they're going to be laughing at me and saying, you know, you're 40, so your modeling days are over. Well, honey, I look good for being 40. I still can do it. God is going to use me in other ways. So I know they're going to be laughing. So I'm going to get prepared for those. So that was just what that story placed into my heart and my spirit. Um, the next one it points out too is after Moses killed the Egyptian, he fled to Midian, where he spent 40 years in the desert tending flocks. That's in Acts 7 and 30. And it, then it goes on to say, Moses was on my Mount Sion for 40 days and 40 nights. That's in Ex Exodus 24, 18. And Moses interceded on Israel's behalf for 40 days and 40 nights. That's in Deut Deuteronomy 9, 18 and 25. And then it says the law specified a maximum number of lashes that a man could receive for a crime, setting the limit at 40 that's in Deuteronomy. The Israel, the Israelite spies took 40 days to spy out Canaan. That's in Numbers. The Israelites wandered for 40 years, Deuteronomy. Before Samson's deliverance, Israel served the Philistines for 40 years. Goliath turned uh, taunted Samuel's army for 40 days before David arrived to slay him. 1 Samuel 17, 16. Another one is when Elijah fled from Jezebel, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Holbrook. That's in 1 Kings 19 and 8. So what this tells me is... I'm not committing no crime, y'all, so I ain't got to worry about no 40 lashes. <laughs> but it talked about how the Israelites wandered for 40 years. And so what I can say is my 20s, my 30s, from the time I was born, I wandered. I wandered around in this earth for 40 years, um, having experiences and using those experiences. And now I'm coming to a place, and it says Goliath taunted before David taunted uh, Saul's army 40 days before he slayed him. David slayed Goliath. That means I'm going to slay too. 
I'm not a prophecy. I'm not prophesizing. But I'm just using the word just to see how it's going to implement my life to show me what God has for me or has purpose for me and what I'm going to need um, to implement when I get to those tests and those trials. So these stories are definitely going to come in handy. So it says the number 40 appears in the prophecies of Ezekiel and Jonah. In the New Testament, Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 nights. There were 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his accession. Whether or not the number 40 really has significance is still debated. The Bible definitely seems to use 40 to emphasize a spiritual truth. But we must point out that the Bible nowhere specifically assigns any special meaning to the number 40. Some people place too much significance on numerology, trying to find a special meaning behind every number in the Bible. Often a number in the Bible is simply a number, including 40. God does not call us to search for secret meanings, hidden messages, or codes in the Bible. There is more than enough truth in the plain words of the scripture to meet all our needs and make us complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, with that being said, um, 40 is just another day, and I just thank God for allowing me to turn 40, because a lot of my peers and my friends and a lot of family members who I grew up with, was born with, went to school with, um, today they're no longer able to be here. And so I'm just thanking God that I'm able to turn 40, so that's the amazing part of it. But... What I like about that article the most, not that there's significance with the number 40, but um, I am, I'm, I'm just embracing 40. It is it's the new 20 is what they're saying. And I'm embracing 40 because I truly believe that I'm walking into my purpose. I am not an evangelist, not a preacher, not a minister, um, not a deacon, nothing like that. I am just an average 40-year-old woman trying to live an amazing life while being here on earth and implementing God's word into my life every opportunity and moment and chance that I get. So. With that being said, that was just an interesting article on the number 40 and the significance of it. Um, so, as we continue to talk, um, I want to talk a little bit. I want to read again, but it's going to be talking about plans. And when I speak about plans, I hear the word purpose. And what I like about the word purpose is that... Purpose gives you the reason why you're doing something or your intentions while you're doing something and why something has to be done. And a lot of times I did not always or necessarily walk into my purpose. One of the things that my bush, my bishop, bishop teaches in church is where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And that speaks mounds to me. And one of the reasons why it speaks mounds to me is because I can remember uh, my husband and I, we went to a hotel and we just wanted to spend the weekend there and get away. And so I, I'm a planner, as you already know, I love to plan. And so I plan and I brought all these foods that we cooked for over the holidays. We wanted to feel like we went on a, a small vacation. And so 
most hotels that we uh, book usually has a microwave and a refrigerator in it. And so this particular one did not have that. And so my husband is like, well, we brought all this food. How are we going to heat it up? And I'm like, hmm, well, you know, I'm a planner. And so I planned and bought lots of aluminum foil. So I took all this aluminum foil and I made these aluminum plates. And I said, I'm going to heat that food up. And so in the room, I took the iron made those aluminum plates and put them on top of the iron and I heated up all the food inside of the iron. Needless to say, I abused it because the purpose and the intention of the iron and how it is supposed to be used is not to heat up food but to press clothes. And here I am abusing this iron. Where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And so I took that and I ran with it and I applied it to my, my, my life in the natural. And one of the things that God revealed to me is I abused myself. I abused myself. And how I did that was I allowed others to abuse me. And when I wasn't allowing others to abuse me, what I would do is put myself into situations where others could abuse me. Now I'm playing a victim. I put my situation, myself in situations where others could abuse me. And so at the end of the day, it was like me abusing myself. And so God revealed to me where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And I reflect and I said, I did not know my purpose. And so now that I know my purpose, I don't have to allow others to abuse me, but let alone allow myself to be abused or place myself in situations in which people are going to abuse me. So that's that's just to begin with, and that was just an amazing revelation that God showed me. And so now, understanding what my purpose is and understanding the term purpose, because that's the thing, I had to understand the, the, the term purpose, and it's just amazing once you break it down. Number one, it gives you reason. The reason why I'm doing something, the reason why, the reason why, you know, a lot of people, I remember as a kid, I used to always say, why, why, why? Well, reason, it gives me that reason why, but also it gives you a feeling and it's an amazing feeling when you know what your purpose is. And when you know what your purpose is, then you can stay aimed, you can stay focused. And if I'm aimed and focused, that means I have to take action. So in the end, I'm going from gaining an understanding of the reason why to putting the feeling in place having in, in embracing the feeling to focusing taking my thoughts to focus and aim towards what the goal is going to be but then I have to take action in order to carry it out and so purpose is amazing it's not just a word that you use it's an action word so I'm going to read from uh, One Minute Prayers for Women. And it's just an amazing book. I'll share that with you. I don't know if you guys can see that. One Minute Amazing Prayers for Women. And um, you can get this from from any bookstore, Christian bookstore, maybe even your church. Um, they may have a bookstore that's there, but definitely you want to have some type of tool. But this one was a gift from me, from an amazing woman who was um, investing in me. And so I thank God for her. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about purpose. And it says, exchanging my plans for God's plans. Now, if anybody had, if you heard my first podcast show, 
or my first post on prosperity from within us. I told you guys I was a planner. And that's true. I love to plan. I enjoy planning. But the problem with planning is a lot of times my plans did not allow what God's plans. I love to plan for birthday parties. I love to plan all types of events, plan what my hair is going to look like, plan what my makeup's going to look like. I love to plan. But the thing about it is, is if my, my plans did not align with God's a lot of times. And so a lot of times I was looking at God like, uh, hello, this is what the plan was. I needed for you to come and add increase. And then God says, you know what? Those wasn't my plans. Those were your plans. And so since you planned it, that's the outcome you got when you planned it. And so what I realized is I had to take a step back and refocus myself, get the purpose back into play, get that feeling back there because it's uncomfortable when God, your plan doesn't align with, align with God's. And then I had to say, okay, God, I surrender directly but then like I said before God only showed me his plans in small increments because he didn't want me to be telling him what I was gonna do and what I wasn't gonna do because I was like well if God showed me the whole plan I'd be like well God I'm not doing that and I'm not doing that and I'm not talking to that particular person for whatever reason but God so God said you know what I'm just gonna show you in little increments as to what this plan is going to look like but I need you to understand what your purpose is inside of my scheme my plan and so it says exchanging my plans for God's and that seems to be like a, a number one thing that many of us struggle with I know I, at least I did because this is where you have to surrender surrender what you plan surrender what you think surrender and so it starts off from a, with a verse from Proverbs 19 and 21 and it says many are the plans in a man's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails so in the midst of everything God's purpose is going to be the one that prevails. So I have to surrender anyway. So it says, Lord, how many times have you heard me say so much to do so little time? When I catch myself repeating this mantra, it is followed by a shrug of resignation. Lord, is it the plight of humans to be so busy with plans? for improvement, gain, success. My culture tells me it is so. God, shake the foundations of self-absorbed plans. Reveal to me the purpose you have for me, my time, my money, my work, my family, my today. Take me tightly Held, take my tightly held heart, reshape it. Let it expand to fit that place you have made for me in this world. Help me not to settle for a life of busyness that does not make room for what I should be doing. You have something far greater for me to grow into, your purpose for my life. This is so amazing because one of the things that I talked about in Prosperity From Within Us was being busy or not focusing on what I was supposed to focus on. I was so focused on if I can just get this house, if I can just get this car, if I can just get this, if this person would just like me and being focused on that, if I can just be successful, you know, I was equating that 
those achievements and those excess, putting them before God. And God wanted me to actually put him before those accomplishments. Those things was promised to me anyway. And so what he showed me is those were my self-absorbed plans. That's why they didn't come out the way I wanted them to. It was my self-absorbed plans. And I didn't make time to, I'm just being honest, calling me out. I didn't make time to focus on God. And here's the thing where God revealed to me. Um, actually still going to church, sitting there every Sunday, but not still getting his word during the week. Those are That's my self-absorbed plan. I'm only getting his word one day in, which is a Sunday. And I did that for many years, guys. Like, hey. But I realized that that's self-absorbed. Because the other days, I was just doing me. I was on putting other things before him. My family. My my money. You know, this is about my money. I got to go make this money. You know, God already said I was going to be successful. He designed me. So, I was already going to get those things. So I just needed to put my self-absorbed plans to the side and focus on his plans and what he had for me. Another part that was, that stood out for me is, it says, let it expand to fit in that place you have made for me in this world. You know, earlier I said in my 20s, I was exploring the world. In my 30s, I was exploring who I was. And I don't want to keep doing the same thing. I don't want to keep doing the same behaviors, the same thoughts, the same thinking and getting the messed up results. And so God, I'm asking him instead of me trying to find out how I fit into this big scheme of this world. Now I'm surrendering and I'm letting God show me how I fit into the world. The world is just going to have to be ready for me. The world has no other choice. It's been doing it since the day I was born. I changed the world when I was born. And so I have to continue being a world, world changer. You know, I can't, you know, um, say how I'm going to fit in. God's going to tell me how I fit into the big scheme of this world. And so that's amazing to know that I, once again, I need to put those plans aside and focus on what he has for me. So that was awesome. But what even is more awesomer, if that's a word, is you have something far greater for me to grow into your purpose for my life. So it just reassured me that if I continue on his purpose for my life, it's going to be far greater, far more successful than I have ever could have planned for. On that note, I'd like to thank you guys for joining me. I hope that there was something that was discussed or said that has been inspiring for you. I thank you for just listening. And till next time, please do remember that divas, we don't compete, we complete. Have a blessed one.